our hearts as we talk about love. Lord, it's so simple, but it's so hard sometimes. And God, I pray that you just speak to each of us and teach us something new about your love. And I pray that it would carry with us throughout this week. Thank you. We love you. Amen. Once again, good morning, everybody. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet or I forgot to introduce myself during worship, my name is Steve. I'm the lead pastor along with my wife, Jen. We, we co-pastor this beast, and, uh, man, we love it, and we love you guys, and we're so glad that you are here. Happy February, officially, if we haven't seen you since uh, February started. Happy February. For those of you who care, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Um, like, you know, it's kind of, I've been loving all these posts on Facebook. My favorite one thus far has been the Super Bowl for us this year is almost like when you're broken up, when a girl breaks up with you and then gets engaged and then you have to host that wedding in your backyard. That's somewhat what it feels like today. And just FYI, the Eagles are the worst. And the reason the Eagles are the worst is because they are making me cheer for the Patriots. And so if you are wondering who I am cheering for, there are certain things that we, we, we kind of don't discuss at, at church. We don't try and like sway you one side or another on the other things. But here's the deal. Cheer for the Patriots today. And that, that they, they are our team. They are Minnesota's team until it's over, and then we hate them again. But I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, Man, just a reminder, uh, just a quick reminder for maybe the husbands or boyfriends or anything, Valentine's Day is 10 days away. Um, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, just letting, throwing that out there, like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. Hopefully something will happen good from it. But we are kicking off a brand new teaching series for the entire month of February uh, called Love Does. If you are aware of the book Love Does by Bob Goff, it's a phenomenal book. I would encourage you to read it. I, I often refer to it as a very easy, difficult read because uh, there are aspects about that book that, uh, that man, God really begins to work, it worked in my heart about of simply just living a life that that exemplifies the love that God has for us, that exemplifies the love that Jesus showed for us. And so why not me? Why can't I be a person who lives this sort of love, does lifestyle? Now, for this series, we're not going to be just going kind of through the book. We're going to look at uh, varying different topics uh, over the next four weeks, um, trying to understand this idea of love. Um, I know that so often uh, we can kind of conclude uh, that love is a very simple thing to figure out or understand, but man, if I could challenge all of us today, if we have a preconceived notion of what love is, can we just position ourselves for the next four weeks to hear uh, what God would have to say to us on the topic of love? What is the purpose of love? And, and, and oftentimes, it, when it comes to love, like when it comes to, uh, like we talked about in the last series, Make War, when we talk about weapons, the, the reality of, of us misusing something like love has a greater probability uh, if we don't have the proper understanding. 
And I, I, being in youth ministry for 11 years, man, I spent 11 years seeing love misused, seeing love. Mi I moved into uh, young adult ministry and saw love misused, misdescribed, misdefined. Uh, I, I, I started a church and I've seen love misused, misdefined. And, and, and oftentimes our probability of misusing something good is higher when we don't have an understanding of what that is. And so for this series, my prayer and my hope is that we would begin to understand better, understand from God's perspective why he has gifted us with this thing called love, because in honesty, it's too important for us to not understand, for us to use improperly. And so as we kick this thing off, uh, one of the questions that I was asking myself, one of the questions that I want to ask you is a really foundational question as to where we go for the remainder of our weeks together. And so uh, the question that I wanted to ask you is this. When you think about love, what comes to mind? When you think about love, what comes to mind? And what I want to do is I want to take three minutes, and if you're sitting around some people, I want you to maybe turn and face them, and, and I'm going to put the question up on the screen, and then we'll put a timer. But for three minutes, I want you to discuss the question, when you think about love, what comes to mind? And in three minutes, we'll gather back together. Justin, if we could play a little bit of music, that would be great. So three minutes, here's the question. Enjoy your discussion time.
What does the word love mean to you? Wow. Ooh. Ooh, love. Uh love. <laughs> <laughs> love. Oh my goodness. That means you love somebody. I think love is... Uh, love is a way... Actually, I'm not really sure how to answer this question. It's like, it's complicated. <laughs> Love is a complicated thing. Well, one of the definitions is that condition or state where the happiness of another is essential to one's own. I think love is just a form of God. Well, if you're talking family-wise, it means everything. But if you're talking like, like marriage, I mean, you can be single, and that's kind of what I want to do. Wow, that's deep. Oh, you know, you're asking the wrong age group because the first thing I want to do is say love means never having to say you're sorry. Love means never having to say you're sorry. But I don't believe that at all because I feel like you say you're sorry a lot. Love to me is the greatest marketing campaign ever invented. Love for me is being 100% vulnerable and all the way in, you know. You can love yourself first. Because once you learn how to love yourself, you can love anything in this world. Someone that loves you loves you because you're you. Love means accepting people the way they are. It has to be a two-way street. It can't just be, you know, I'm accepting you, and you, you gotta accept me too. I think that it's being able to do something for somebody else that maybe you wouldn't normally do or maybe you wouldn't want to do, but you do it anyway because it's something that they want to do. Even if you, like, hate it so much, you just would do anything because you want to be with them. Love is a powerful thing. It makes you uh, do the things you never thought you could do. And um, I think it just it, it makes life worth living. Everything else becomes nothing. Okay, all that matters is that, that the whole two hearts, you know, to expand to that infinity. It means in a funny way, freedom, because you're free to feel so many feelings so deeply. Love to me is something you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so you can, you can hold affection and you can hold nostalgia, but I think love is active. I always say I'd rather love someone than be in love with someone, because being in love with someone implies that you can fall out of it. If you're really close to your family, I consider that love, right? So any other person, friend or family or love interest, if you see them as your family, then that's love. Love means to me a big old kiss on your mouth and you don't, you're not against it at all. I'm married 55 years. Our job in life, the two of us, is to look after each other and see to it that we're our best selves, so to speak. So I try to help her be her best self, and she tries to help me, and um, to me, that's love. You know? I hope to do that as long as I, I can stay awake. It's like something you can dance about, or something you can sing about, or something you can build a building about, but I don't know. I don't really feel like words suffice when it comes to that. <sighs> love means... It's pretty great. I guess you can't describe it. Really? <laughs>
So it's just a simple question, right? What is love? And I don't know if how the discussions went. Hopefully they went well, but maybe there was a varying degree of, of differences in your answers uh, based on experience, based on circumstance, based on situation. I mean, we just watched zero through 105-year-old people try and describe what love is, and, and it should be a simple question. It seems like a very simple question, but it's very complicated. It's very, there's depth that exists within that question, and too often, I think when we think about the word love, what we too often do regrettably is we've settled on love to simply exist as being a feeling. Uh, we've settled on the fact that love is a feeling, and, and we've got this, this huge thing that we call love, this huge experience, these huge emotions. We've got this huge word that we've reduced to the simplicity and the fickleness of a feeling. And, and the thing that I know about feelings is that they come and go, right? Like feelings come and feelings go. I felt something this morning when my alarm went off that was not great, and I'm feeling something different because I'm functioning right now. I'm experiencing a different feeling. I was feeling very excited about the Super Bowl when I thought the Vikings might play in, and now I'm feeling something different. So oftentimes, regrettably, we reduce love to the same thing, this fickleness of a feeling, but feelings come and go. They are situational or circumstantial. I, I was thinking about this. How many of you guys know the difference between vacation family and home family? Anybody know the difference between that? Vacation family? Let's just let's do it this way. Vac honeymoon marriage and the bills are due marriage, you know, like the, the reality when things settle in, vacation versus, and there's different feelings associated with different circumstances and different situations. And, and so if all that love is, is the summation of feelings, a summation of, of, the, of this emotion, love becomes, if we're not careful, circumstantial, situational, fickle, cheap, small. And what I believe, and what I want to look at over the next four weeks, is I believe that God is the creator of all things. I believe that everything has been created by God, and love is not something that was simply created by God. I believe that love is something that is completely embodied in the person of God. So when we look at the topic of what is love, I think we first, honest, just logically, I think we have to first look at where it first exists, and it first exists in the person of God. And so if you have a Bible this morning, or if you have a phone, or, or, or however you look at the Bible, I want to invite you to turn to the book of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 7 and 8 real quick. And, uh, and this is what 1 John chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 7 says. It says this. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. What this verse is saying is that, that not that God is simply the creator of love. We're not saying that God is a, is a popular advocate. We're not saying that God is a, is a politician-esque or celebrity-esque 
a persona that endorsed love, but what First John is saying is that God is love, that love comes first from God. And I think sometimes I get a little confused by this because there's so many facets to the love of God, but we, but we see that love is not simply a gift from God, although love is a gift from God. He sent us the person of Jesus to live on this planet, to, to die a death he didn't deserve, to, to be buried, and then on the third day he rose again so that you and I could be found in right relationship with God. Yes, love is a gift that God gives us, but it's so much more than that. Love is the complete outpouring from the heart heart from the nucleus of God that God is love. And so when we ask the question, what is love? I think we have to be very careful to begin the conversation with God. I think we have to begin the conversation with, with the creator of all things, the, 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 the being who existed before anything existed. Time is such, is such a creative and amazing thing, but it was birthed in the, in the creativeness and the creativity and the genius of God. Therefore, when time began, God was able to express his love. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. I know it's a weird uh, verse to, to go to when we're talking about love because isn't this the chap part of Scripture where, where Adam and Eve fail and, and fall short and sin enters the world? Yes, but we're actually going to see something really cool. Genesis three twenty one. it says this, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Why would God need to make clothes of animal skin for Adam and his wife? Well, because uh, Adam and Eve, our first parents, broke the one rule that God had. See, oftentimes I think of it, I have, to, I have to think of this sometimes as a toddler because I can put my, my four-year-old in a room with 20 toys and let her know that she can play with 19 of them, but she just can't play with the one. And isn't it amazing how the one that you tell her she can't play with is the one that she most definitely is going to play with? See, when God established creation, he gave creation a very specific order. And God created Adam out of the dust of the ground and he breathed his life in, into the nostrils of Adam and Adam began to exist in the perfection of God's creation. And then God realized that it's not good for man to be alone so he created a helper, he created a, a wife, he created a partner for the man and then those two began to exist together, existing in the perfection of humanity together. But God said, here's the deal, you can enjoy everything except there's this one tree. That tree, Adam and Eve, is above your pay grade and I need you to keep your hands off that. I need you to not eat from the fruit of that tree. You can experience everything wonderful that this garden has to offer, but I need you to not eat from that tree. Well, if you grew up in church, or, or if you didn't, spoiler alert, Adam and Eve messed up. They ate from the tree. They were deceived. They began to question God's authority. They began to question God's love for them, and they ate from the tree. And all of a sudden, this thing that we call in church, this thing called sin, enters the world. Our relationship with God was broken. It was severed. And it's amazing that when we think about the, the vastness and the hugeness of God, as you read throughout the scriptures and see the amazing things that God does, here's God with his first two creation. And his first two creation can't exist within the parameters that God sets up for him. So what, in my mind, what should God do? If I was God, and thank him that I'm not, I'd have just been like, you know what? Pfft, done. 
The first, the, the, the 1.0 trial didn't work. We're scrapping this project. I'm just going to exist as me in the, in the vastness of, of, of I, I'm, I'm sufficient with myself because I'm God. So you know what? We tried. The first two models didn't work. We're going to wipe them off, and I'm just going to exist and be, and be satisfied with who. No, but what God does is Genesis 3.21. In the midst of Adam and Eve's sin, in the midst of their, uh, their, their failure, what God does instead of wiping them out is he creates clothing to cover the, the reaction of their sin. Genesis 3.21, if I could say anything, Genesis 3.21 is the first ever love does moment in history. The first love does moment in existence. And again, God could have wiped humanity out. He could have started over. He could have not done anything, but he doesn't do that. What he does is he extends love. God spares Adam and Eve. He protects them. God's love did what we don't deserve. God didn't succumb to his feelings, but he dialed in to his nature. And his nature, going back to 1 John, is that he is love. And so what do we see in Genesis 3.21? We see that love did. We see that love does. If we can go back to 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read uh, verses 9 through 19, and then I just got a, a few thoughts, and then we're going to close this thing down. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 9, it says this. This is just the continuation of how we can know that love does and love begins in God. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 19, it says this. Actually, I'm going to hold this because I forgot that I'm in charge of the, the, the slides. It says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now, come on, work, there we go, and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them, and as we love in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on, on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid... Sorry, my computer, my iPad just broke. If 
we are afraid it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. See, love is proven, guys, through action. I think it would be very profound if we were to say that we were to love somebody, but then through our actions never showed that love. I think it would be very profound, I think, going back to these verses, if we were to say, yes, I've experienced the love of God, I've experienced the love of the Savior Jesus, but then our life through no action, uh, without action, doesn't prove that love has existed because the truth is love does. As Christians, Christ followers, our lives are a love does lifestyle, or they should be. Our lives have been called to be a love-does lifestyle because God is love. He gave us Jesus. Jesus showed his love for us through the giving of his life. And you and I being equipped to live the love-does existence because, again, as verse 12 said, we, uh, as, as we love, God's love is brought to full expression through God's power and through Christ's sacrifice and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have been called and equipped, set specifically where you and I are set to exist so that we could live this expression of love. And here's my question. Here's another question. If you are not loving as Christ loved, have you experienced the love of Christ? Because there is a phenomenal shift in the way our lives are lived when we've experienced love. See, I don't live life as a single guy anymore. Because I've experienced love, I've, I've chosen to be married to my wife, and therefore, because I have love for my wife, my actions are different than they used to be when I was single. Because my love, the way that I live my life, I want it to be an expression of the way that I love my life because of the way that I've experienced the love of Jesus. And so I have been called, and you have been called, to live a love-does lifestyle. But if I'm to think about my life honestly, there are many times when I don't. Why is that? If you were to think about your life, if you were to just think about your past week, the way that you live and the way that you speak and the way that we conduct ourselves, would people look at us and say, man, there is something different about them. They've experienced love. And then when we say, yeah, but it's because I've experienced the love of God, would they be surprised or would, they make, would that make sense of it? Man, why don't I live this love does lifestyle? Why, why is it so difficult for me? Is it because it requires less of me and I don't like that? Is it because it requires less of my, uh, me getting what I want than what I'm comfortable with? Does it mean uh, making more space for, for God in my life? But if I make more space for God, then again, it goes back to that there has to be less of me, and, and I really don't want to give up this little aspect of my life because I'm comfortable with my life being this way. I would be much more comfortable if, God, you just chose to fit inside the parameters of the little fenced-in area that I've made for you, and if you could exist there, and if you're a good boy, then I'll let you out and run around the yard of my life a little bit when, when you've been good and when you've behaved the way that I thought. But then, you know, when I want to experience then I'll just just bring you right back into the box. Why is it? Is it? Is, do we not live this way because it, it means less of us and, and more of God? I don't know. But I think that if we are to live the lives that God has created for us to live, I think we have to battle with this question: 
if God is love and his love is proven because he has done so much for me, then shouldn't I be living this love does lifestyle as well? And over the next four weeks, what we're going to talk about is, is, is I, I really struggled with trying to not answer this question, this question of what is love this week, because I, I really wanted to, I don't know, for me, just writing these messages, it's kind of created this sort of draw to, to know more, you know, as we've been preparing the weeks. And, and so I hope that, uh, I hope that I haven't answered your question to entice you to, to entice us to begin to think about this question. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the fact that love's do, love does costly things. Next week, we're going to talk about the fact that love does costly things. Love, is, love does is, is reckless. It kind of puts our own uh, well-being, if you want to use it. It kind of pushes that aside. And then uh, week four, uh, one of my favorite people, Tim Anderson, who's the uh, director of a wonderful nonprofit here in South Minneapolis called Ace in the City, he's going to be coming uh, week four, and he's going to be talking about the fact that, that ultimately, if we look at all these things, love, what love does is love goes the distance. And for the last few minutes, what I want us to do is I want us to approach another question. And so if you just want to turn and face the people um, you were discussing things with before, I want to just ask you the question, what keeps us, what keeps you from living a love does kind of life? What are the things that are keeping you or what keeps us from living a love does kind of life? And after three minutes, we'll come and we'll close this thing and, and we'll be on our way. So turn and face them. We'll play some music, but enjoy the next three minutes of your discussion groups.
Can we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Father, from what First John said, that you are love. And God, I thank you that like truly your love reached down into the, into the worst and the most broken parts of me and, you, and you, you pulled me out of that despair. You pulled me out of that brokenness. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us. God, would you just, uh, would you help us in some small capacity understand the greatness of your love, God? Not so that we could simply just say, yeah, we, we, we understand this, but God, that it would compel us and propel us into the places that we exist, God, to extend your love to, to people who, who need to know that there is love greater than the circumstantial, situational stuff that we are bombarded with every, every day. God, would you call us to more? Would we hear your voice? Would we move in the direction of your voice? God, would you do something unique in us, not so that we could, so not so that we could be seen, but God, ultimately that you would be seen. So God, help us over these next few weeks tackle this, this topic. Move us into new places that we've never been before. Jesus, so that you could be made famous. And that this world could be changed because of your love. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just wanted to hit you guys up with just a few things before we go. Just a couple things to, to mark on your calendars. For all the ladies coming up, this Wednesday night is Sisterhood at all, me and Jen's house. Uh, the address is right there. If you've never been to Sisterhood before, it's, it's a phenomenal phenomenal evening for just for the ladies of our church i have to continually somehow uh tie my girls upstairs because they want to go and hang out with all the ladies because they hear all the laughing and and i think it's secretly because they know that they're snacks but ladies if you have not been to uh, a sisterhood night yet this wednesday 7 p.m at our house you will not regret it for, uh, for the, all the young adults, we have the conversation coming up next Sunday from 1 to 2.30 at Corner Coffee in the North Loop. It's, it's seriously one of my favorite things to be a part of, even though I am just blown by that age demographic. It keeps me young and hip, and I learned about pop sockets through stuff like that, so that, I guess that's cool. Um, but, uh, but for all of our uh, 18 to 29-year-olds, the conversation's coming up next Sunday, Corner Coffee in the North Loop. Uh, for all the guys, we have Brotherhood, our brother. Brotherhood Bible study coming up uh, February 17th at 7.30 a.m. at Sovereign Grounds Coffee House in South Minneapolis. Man, I, we had such a great time yesterday. Uh, it, it, such a great time diving into the book of James. And so if you want to dive into uh, the book of James with us, we just want to invite you to our Brotherhood Bible study. And for all of the people with daughters in the place, we've got Girls Night coming up on Friday, February 23rd from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at Lake Nokomis Community Center. This is such a great uh, event for all the girls of Motion City Church, and we're starting to get boys, and therefore we'll have a boys' night soon, so I'm really excited about that. But man, if you've got a daughter uh, between kindergarten and fifth grade, man, mark your calendar for that. Uh, we'll have a registration on the website or Facebook at some point, but uh, um, Keep your eyes peeled for uh, on, on the website and Facebook and Instagram. We're going to be putting out some stuff about community groups that are kicking off this week. So excited about that. But uh, just want to say I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Have a great week. And I want to invite you back uh, for part two of our Love Does series kicking off uh, next week. So hope you guys have a great, great rest of your day. Stay warm. Go Patriots. And then Vikings. 
See ya. Oh, and we have a special song that we're going to play as you leave. You're going to love it.